Thank you for downloading the Beacon Church podcast. We hope that you enjoy today's message and that you find that God speaks to you through it. I think I said last week that we had finished our series on the gifts and, and we have. And what we're going to do over the summer is we are picking up a new series called Life Stories. And uh, it's interesting that this morning I I didn't know uh, that the worship was all about faith because this series is also about faith. One of the major encouragements of the Christian faith are the stories and testimonies of people who by faith have held on and overcome. And obviously you get those in life. You can hear about people who have done that. But also, thankfully, in the Bible, that's a really massive part of the story is people who have held on and overcome by faith. And, and you look at their lives and you think, really, is that, is that really how God uh, sort of assessed them? And often God is like, yeah, that's how I assess them, that those people held on and overcame. And so what we're going to do, do, I know it's going to be hot, but do we mind if we just shut these windows? Oh, it's okay, Ben. Thank you. And these ones at the top. I do love the, the the noise of children. You need to know that. I've had three of my own. In fact, on Monday we were in Lancaster celebrating uh, the graduation of Yasmin, our elders, and uh, she came out with a masters in maths. And uh, and honestly, Pauline and I go, how did she do that? <laughs> how did she do that? We can add up just. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, I, we don't know how she did that because most kids, you know, your parents were doctors and you would become a doctor. We weren't anything and she did a Masters in Math. So we're very proud of her. In fact, we're proud of our other girls, even though. <laughs> no, no, no. The, the, the truth is, the truth is, they are all really good at maths. Yeah. And in fact, my. My half-sister, who's 13, is also really good at maths. And I'm like, I don't, where, what, did, what happened? I don't know. What, I think it skipped a number of generations. It doesn't add up. Um, it doesn't add up, yeah. yeah. So, um, so it was a very proud moment. And Paulie and I were, were, were up there on, on Tuesday. Um, yeah, it was, it was great. So I'm just saying that I do love children and stuff. Um, <laughs> But what we're looking at is, is, is faith and um, how you can overcome through faith. And so many of the stories of the Bible help us to understand that. Um, and sometimes you need to recognize that decisions you make, even though they don't appear to be, are often decisions based around your faith, what you actually believe about God. You do things based on what you believe about God. You might not think you are, but in reality, that's how we live. And this is. Um, This series, which a number of people are going to speak on, so I'm speaking today, but then there's a number of people over the next six or seven weeks who are going to speak on this, which should be really good. I'm really looking forward to it. This is what it says in Hebrews 11, uh, verse 32. And what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Japheth, about David and Samuel and the prophets. Who, through faith, conquered kingdoms, administered justice 
and gained what was promised. Who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames and escaped the edge of the sword. Whose weakness was turned to strength and who became powerful in battle. Today, we are going to look at the story of Samuel. And it's through faith that you overcome. Because do you know what is really true as a Christian? You could pray every day. You could read the Bible every day, but you could still live without faith. Yeah. Reading the Bible in and of itself isn't it doesn't bring you faith. Yeah. Praying in and of itself doesn't bring you faith. If, if you read the Bible carefully, what it talks about with prayer, because it seems to say, if you ask God, he'll, he'll do stuff. But but really, it's, it's you have to ask him right. If you ask him without faith, God doesn't really hear those kinds of prayers. Faith is the key ingredient to being able to overcome and hold on and to keep going. And when you read the stories of uh, the heroes of Hebrews 11, what you find is many of them did not actually achieve or see what they had been promised. But by faith, they held on to the very end and they weren't perfect. Many of them were not perfect, but still the the overwhelming um, picture is that they held on by faith. And so I want to encourage us in faith. I want these stories to encourage our story that we might be people of faith. And more than ever before, we need faith. Because we live in a world where there are so many other op- options and opportunities. Uh, faith in Jesus appears to be in short supply. And so we need faith. We need faith as individuals. We need faith as a community together. You need faith in your life. So we're going to look at the story of Samuel. Now, as I say, I wasn't actually meant to be doing it. It's only on Thursday that I realised I was going to be talking on Samuel. But I think it's quite relevant to our situation and I've found it really helpful and challenging personally as I've gone through it. So I'm just going to say a few things about his early life, various events of his life. You won't be able to do this with everyone. Sometimes you'll have to home in on an individual uh, particular event. Uh, And then what are the things we can learn from the story of Samuel? So I don't know how many of you are aware uh, Samuel was the last of the judges uh, in the Bible. There's a book called Judges. And judges were people that God appointed to lead his people uh, when they didn't have a king. So they used to have a judge and that judge really had direct access to God and led the people for a season. These judges were never perfect. um, And it turned out that Samuel was the last of them, though it's interesting. He didn't know he was the last of the judges. He didn't know that's where he was going. Uh, It's probably also worth saying Unlike most talks I do, I I don't have like I love to have a passage and I read a passage and I don't have that today. So forgive me if it seems to be a bit more all over the place. But but Samuel was the last of the judges and things were leading towards Israel having a king. Israel, to be honest, during the time of the judges was a godless nation. What it says was people did as they saw fit. So so there wasn't a lot of uh, uh, sort of togetherness. There wasn't a lot of unity. Uh, People did as they saw fit in the time of the judges. And the judge before 
uh, Samuel was a guy called Eli and his sons, and they were corrupt. So Samuel was born in a time of corruption in Israel, but he had a mother who prayed. Yeah. And she prayed prayers of faith. Hannah was a was a faith filled woman who prayed for her son. And in fact, it's interesting because she ultimately dedicates the life of her son to the services of God. That's what she does. And uh, in Samuel one, it says, I give him to the Lord for his whole life. That that was her prayer. That was her that was her contract with God. If you give me a son, I will give him to you for his whole life. And she carries out. And so that's a faith filled prayer. But that faith filled prayer is only is the faith of part of it is only carried out when she takes Samuel to the temple and she leaves him there. Imagine doing that, taking your child and leaving him there. He's for you, God. He's for you. There's no guarantee she's going to have any other children. But this one is for you. She leaves him there. And she dedicates him to God's purpose. And it's amazing what God then does with a boy who has been given to him. He serves initially under Eli, the priest. It says the boy ministered before the Lord under Eli. As I said, Eli was good hearted, but weak as a leader. And his sons were corrupt and the people around him were corrupt. He wasn't a strong leader. Israel wasn't in a great place, but under his guidance, under the environment that he created, Samuel grew to become the greatest of all the judges, the greatest of all the prophets. And we know from a very early age, Samuel heard the voice of God. And I was just reminded of that this morning, uh, that Samuel was a boy when God first spoke to him. And God continued to speak to him. You remember the story. It, it says that Samuel was in bed and he hears he hears he hears this call. It says, Samuel, Samuel. And he runs to Eli. He says, yes, Eli, is there anything I can do? And Eli says, I didn't call you, Samuel. And then he says, here's it again, Samuel, Samuel. And he runs off to Eli. It's Eli. You keep calling me. He said, no, no, I didn't call you. Then the third time it happens, Eli He's a bit slow on the uptake. He catches on. God is speaking to this boy. And he says to Eli, next time you hear that voice, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Samuel learned very early on to hear the voice of God. Yeah. What an encouragement that you can hear very early on. Isn't it our prayer that many of the children that are running out there will hear very early on to listen and understand the voice of God? That they would know what God is saying to them. And Samuel learnt it as a young man. He learnt the voice of God. And it says of him, the Lord continued to appear at Shiloh. And there he revealed himself to Samuel through his word. Samuel's still a young man. In fact, he leads Israel as a young man. He says later on, I've led you from my youth to old age. As a young man, he led the people. He had learnt to hear the voice of God. He was given his life dedicated to the purposes of God. As you go through his life, you see that he, he leads as a young man. But as he gets older and he's leading the people and he kind of passes on the sort of tasks of leadership to his sons, the people go to him. We're not having your sons lead us. 
Yeah, they're not like you, Samuel. Actually, they're, you know, they're not really following God. We don't want them leading us. The elders come to him. And that would seem a reasonable request because the sons weren't great. It actually says they weren't great. And, and yet when Samuel, when the people come to Samuel and tell him that Samuel's displeased in his spirit. Why is he displeased? He's displeased because he realizes that a rejection of this method of leadership was actually a rejection of God. But what he does is when the people come to him, they say, look, we want to have a king like everyone else around us. That's what we want. Samuel is displeased and it's really good. He's displeased. And so he prays. Yeah. Do you know what? I sometimes pray when I'm displeased. Yeah. Yeah, because sometimes you don't know where to say, OK, God, I can only come to you with this. There's no one else I can really talk to about this. So Samuel goes to God and he prays and God says to him, do what the people want, Samuel. Because it's not you they're rejecting, it's me. Do what the people want. So we have this interesting situation. We all know what uh, the story that, that sort of unfolds with the kings. Yeah, but right at this moment, asking for a king was not what God would have wanted. But Samuel goes with it. God seems to allow it. God seems to go with them. And so Samuel then begins this search for a king and he finds Saul. And, and you get this interesting thing where, where Samuel's life and Saul's life get all wrapped up together and he anoints Saul as king. But if you know the story, you realise that though Saul was physically taller than most people, it said he was head and shoulders above everyone else. He was really a coward. Yeah. There's a moment in the story where where just at, he's about to be anointed king. He's hiding behind the bags of grain. Yeah. This man wasn't a big, brave individual. He was actually a bit of a coward. Samuel's like, come on, Saul. He's encouraging him. He's, he's, he's putting all he can in him, but it doesn't change. And there comes a point where God sadly rejects Saul as king. Saul's failure as a leader was not moral. We think about many leaders fail because of morality. And I, and I heard about one yesterday, which is really sad. And um, It happened a little while ago, but I, it was just sad. Often leaders fail through moral failure or sometimes they'll fail through issues around money. Yeah, people go after more money or materialism. Saul didn't fail because of morality. He didn't fail because of materialism. He failed because of simple disobedience to what God had said. That's why Saul failed. That's why God rejected Saul. It was simple disobedience. God said, I want you to do this. And Saul did that. Samuel said to Saul, I want you to go there and wait for me. And Saul went off and did his own thing. And it may have been that there was this inherent weakness in him, this lack of courage. Now, there's another man who was who lacked courage. We read about Gideon. He was he was one of the judges. But actually, God was able to strengthen Gideon to the point where he overcame. It doesn't happen for Saul. Saul lacks courage and so fails. And it's really interesting because the end of one particular chapter, I can't remember which chapter it is, something like 15. It says that Samuel, who had put so much into Saul, Samuel, um, he was saddened and he mourned the fact that God had rejected Saul. And it says that God was grieved that he made Saul king. Imagine making God grieved. 
Imagine if you had, oh, and God was grieved because he had chosen me and I'd not. And I would have thought, but God, you knew. In the sovereignty of God, I would have thought you knew, you knew that Saul wasn't the right guy. I can't answer that question. All I know is that God was grieved and Saul and Samuel mourned him. And I get that. I get that sometimes you might have people around you who you think actually this person could could do something in the kingdom of God. And then and then something happens and it all goes wrong. And you think, ah, I've had over the years innumerable friends, numerous friends who were going for God and doing great things for God. And in the end, they've gone off in a different way. And you mourn for them. You grieve for them. Samuel and God grieved over Saul. But God actually says to Samuel, look, get up, stop mourning for Saul, go and anoint someone else's king. And so sometimes even in the emotion, the raw emotion that Samuel must have felt that the person that he had tried to disciple and help through hadn't made it. Even in that emotion, God saying, right, that's enough, Samuel, off you go. And, and I, I could get that as a leader. Sometimes you, you, you recognize oh, I've just got to put the emotion aside here. And I've got to go and do leadership. Yeah. Sometimes you have to do that. And sometimes in life you have to do that for yourself. Self-leadership. You have to put aside the emotion, the pain, the hurt, whatever it is. And you have to get on. Now, that's not you have to ignore it and try and bury it. But you have to get on. There's a responsibility that you have. And you'll know that I was um, I was playing badminton yesterday. And I hadn't realized this. There was a lady in the in the badminton uh, group who I've known uh, on and off for, for a number of years. And, um, and yesterday they were just, there were loads of kids playing badminton. I was like, gosh, really? and they're really good. Yeah. So I didn't want to play them because there was this boy. He looked about eight years old. And I thought, <laughs> Do you know what? I'm not going to play him because he's probably going to beat me. And, uh, and I, I, I don't want to go through all the emotions that will come with that. So I didn't play him. I avoided him. And then I and he had an older sister and I, I played on her side and we won. And so that was fine. Um, but there were loads of kids there. And I was like, oh, where do all these kids? So I, I asked this woman. She was a, um, a single mum with six children between the ages of like 19 and nine. I was like, yosh, that's deep. <laughs> but if you met her, you, you would not have realised that. This woman was quite confident. This woman was uh, quite, quite encouraging. Her children were, were a bit, they were all around her. They were obedient. They were doing, I was like, man, this is like, and, 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 and she just said to me, oh yeah, the, the father, he's never been around. So once they had all grown up, they, they, she, he disappeared. So for years, she had raised these kids on her own. And she wasn't a beaten down, trodden woman. And I was like, man. And sometimes you have to get on. Sometimes that's how life goes. So Samuel has to leave uh, Saul and he has to go and he anoints. We know the story. He anoints David as king. David, at this point, uh, he couldn't have been more than a teenager when he's anointed as king because it's years before he actually inherits the kingdom. But he's anointed king as a young man. And then really Samuel uh, leaves the presence of Saul and it says that he never enters the presence of Saul again. Saul has been rejected by God and Samuel moves on. Samuel, towards the end of his life, he has a moment where he speaks his last words to the people where it's clear Samuel was a leader of integrity. He had not abused his authority or his position. He had not taken advantage of the people. 
And the people respected him for that. Isn't it wonderful when you hear leaders who make it to the end, who never abuse their authority, who never took advantage of the people or their position. And so Samuel uh, uh, dies in this kind of situation. He was a great man. He was a great prophet. God hadn't God hadn't been speaking to Israel much before Samuel for a while before Samuel came. But when Samuel came, suddenly the voice of God was heard again. And he wasn't the only one to prophesy. Many people prophesied. Even Saul himself at times prophesied. What has struck me is Samuel, Samuel's life from the very beginning to the very end was simply dedicated to the services of God. He never pursued anything else. He never looked for anything else. He never went, I'm a Christian, but also I want to enjoy life. Actually, he simply pursued the purposes of God and God was able to use him at an absolute pivotal moment in the history of the people. And that passage I read in Hebrews 32 really sums him up. Samuel's role was as a judge. He led the people and he administered justice. He was a prophet. He spoke God's words to the people and he was a priest. He interceded to God on behalf of the people. Samuel was God's man. So what can we learn from the life of Samuel? And that's a really brief overview. But what can we learn from the life of Samuel? The first thing you can learn is strong foundations help. Now, for some of us, you think, well, it's too late now. <laughs> the foundations are already there, whether they're strong or they're not strong. But strong foundations help. And it's helpful to say that in a church where there's an increasing and growing families. Strong foundations help. Helping your kids, creating an environment for your kids to hear the voice of God, creating an environment for your kids where God and church are normal. They're not just one of the things that we do is we go to church, but they grow up with that kind of understanding. And if that was your background, don't despise it. If you grew up in church, even if you think to yourself, oh, my goodness, I'm not sure I could go back to the kind of church I grew up in. If you grew up in church with that kind of understanding of God, don't despise it. Strong foundations help. They really do. They really make a difference. Sovereign foundations. And I don't just mean what your parents put in you, but also what, what the church put in you. I am so grateful for the upbringing I had. I really am. I grew up going to church. I always went to church. My mum used to bath the four kids and take us to church every Sunday. And when I got there, I was a pain, but I, I went to church. And I'm so grateful and I'm so grateful for the grace of the people that sort of looked out for me. And I've mentioned before, but Steve, Steve Gould, his grandparents were wonderful to my family as I grew up. As I was a little boy, his grandparents showed so much grace, so much hospitality to my mum. And I'm so grateful for that. And Phil's parents as well. Wonderful to our family. Strong foundations help. Secondly, the importance of a life dedicated 
to God. Now, we're not all going to be Samuels, thankfully. Your your mum's not going to take you and put you on the steps of some church building and say, I've dedicated him to the Lord. Yeah, because these days you'd get arrested if you did that. Yeah, that's not a game. Um, But you as an individual can say, God, I, I do want to dedicate my life to serve your purposes. You can say that. God, I don't want to have any personal agenda. I don't want to serve you and serve myself. I I want to serve you. However that looks for me, that's what I want it to be like. Whether that's in my workplace or whatever it means, I want to serve you. The importance of a life dedicated to God. God was able to use Samuel because Samuel was dedicated to him. Sometimes as a leader... You have to lead through mistakes. And you don't need to be a national leader like Samuel to do this. In life, you can do this. Yeah. Sometimes you, you might be in a position where people around you want to do one thing and you want to do another thing, but, but your thing doesn't get voted in. And, and you know what you can do? You can step back and go, well, OK, you didn't want to go my way. Then I'm, I'm just going to step out. And sometimes you can do that internally. You might never actually say that, but you can do that internally. At times, you need to lead through mistakes or you need to lead through things that you yourself haven't owned. Sometimes you have to do that. That's what Samuel did. He was displeased when the people asked for a king. But when he prayed, he came to God. It was like, OK, I'm going to I'm it turns out I'm going to lead us through a transition from being led directly by God through a prophet to being led by a king. He wasn't planning to do that. That wasn't his brief. That wasn't what he thought. But when that came, Samuel led the people through it, leading through mistakes. Sometimes you have to do that. Leading through difference. Sometimes leaders fail. Sometimes leaders fail. And sometimes leaders that you've appointed fail. Sometimes it happens. And yet there are moments when you might grieve and there are moments when you might mourn. But you still need to lead. You can't allow that to become the be all of everything. You still need to lead. God still needs his kingdom established. You, you read at the back end of so many of Paul's letters, he talks about so many people that were with him and that they were still with him. And then there's one particular, there's a man called Demas. And, he, and, and at, one, at, the back of, at the end of one particular book, I think it's Colossians, he talks about Demas was with me at this time. He was one of the only ones. And then later he talks at the, at the end of another book, Demas has chosen to follow the world. So he understood what it was for people to be with him and then to go and go in a different way. Sometimes you have to lead through failure, through people around you who have failed. It's tough. But actually, God, it was God who strengthened Samuel. And what do we know from the end of the book? It was through faith that Samuel was able to keep going. You don't keep going just because you're just just going to keep going. No, it's faith. You're still trusting God. You're still believing God. And then sometimes it's recognizing the importance of relationships. Samuel had Hannah, his mother, who that must have been such an influence on him, who prayed really him into existence, prayed him in and then dedicated his life to God. Eli, his spiritual leader, wasn't great, but created an environment where Samuel was able to hear the voice of God. 
God was his master who he came to time and time again. Saul was the first king he appointed and David was the second king he appointed. And David became the king of the kings, really. What significant relationships shape your life? And do you acknowledge them? Or do you think, oh, my goodness, I'm never going to lead like them? I remember the struggle I went through many, many years ago, just just around getting to the point where I appreciated what my dad had done for me. Because my dad is religious. He's a Seventh-day Adventist, but he never really came to church with us growing up. And uh, uh, there came a point, though, many years later, where I realized how much he had done. And you just begin to appreciate. Yeah, there are things you do differently, but there are certain things that I realized actually are, I'm pretty similar to him in that area. Yeah, and I thought I was different, but actually I'm very similar to him. The importance of relationships and valuing them. And then what this series really is about, the importance of faith. Samuel is seen as a hero of the faith. It was faith in God that allowed him to keep going, to lead through mistakes, to lead when people failed, to live a life that was obedient to God. And in that, he is an example to us. He's an example to us. Living by faith. Leading by faith. Following by faith. Faith is the thing that will see you overcome. And without it, in the end, you could drift off. And faith is not necessarily demonstrated through words. But it's demonstrated through through life. And I look back on my 49 years of life and I can see people who I've run the race of faith with, some of whom who are still here and some of whom are no longer here. Yeah. The older you get, the more you realise, oh, man, some people seem to keep going. Some people seem to give up. Yeah. And I feel very privileged. Phil, Phil and I have really run the race of faith together since our teenagers. We were praying together as teenagers. <coughs> what significant relationships continue or have shaped your life? Are you devoted to the Lord? <coughs> so it was interesting that in our worship, we spoke of faith and how faithful God is. And in a way, our, the talk today was about faith and the faith of Samuel and how does that impact and encourage my faith? We need to be a people of faith. Yeah, Christianity is all about faith. It's not actually about much else. It's about faith in God because you cannot always see what God is doing or how God works. But you believe, you trust. Let's pray. I'm just going to pray and then I'm going to hand back to John so we can respond. Father, we thank you for your word. I thank you for the life of Samuel. I thank you for an example of a man of faith who was utterly devoted to you. And Father, though we may never live the kind of life he lived, I pray that we would know what it is to be utterly devoted, dedicated to you in our lives. And I pray, Father, that through this series, you would strengthen and encourage our faith. In Jesus' name. Amen. You have just listened to a Beacon Church recording. 
If you would like more information about us, our vision, the team or upcoming events, please visit our website which is beacon-church.org. You can email us at office at beacon-church.com or find us socially on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. You are welcome to share this recording as you wish, but please do not make any edits without express consent. Thank you.